0: yo 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 what's happening everybody hey welcome to the ltk show my name is luther kangas and on today's show i've got my co-host eric gongstead and the guest today is a friend of ours a childhood friend of ours his name is chris barthol all right chris is a musician uh he was Former hockey player, that's how I got to know him, just growing up in the neighborhood, same neighborhood. So we we reminisce about some neighborhood stories growing up, little little mischief that we got into back in the day. We talk about his music career, and then uh, at the end we play a little trivia game, kind of a blend of sports and music between Eric and Chris. So we have a little fun at the end. Um, so yeah, guys, enjoy this one. Thanks, Chris, for joining. And before we get rolling, I want to thank our sponsor. Okay, it's the JP4 Foundation. The JP4 Foundation uses the game of baseball to provide healthy meals, healthy activities, and healthy relationships for youth in the Twin Cities. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the handle JP4Foundation or by visiting them at jp4foundation.org. Very thankful to be to be working with and sponsored by just a great foundation with a great cause and mission. So thanks again, JP4 Foundation. Boom. Alright, guys. Hey, without further ado, let's enjoy this one. LTK Show with Chris Barthol. Uh, With the warm-up, we'll get things going. Who's your favorite band or musician?
1: My favorite band or musician?
0: Yeah, so like... I mean, band would be Beatles. Musician
1: would be, just be solo. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, there's just so many different styles of music. I mean, Tool's probably my favorite hard rock band, and like the reason I like that band is the drummer. Um, I feel like he kind of orchestrates everything where they're going in a song. He's kind of like the composer. Um, so I I I'd probably say Tool is my favorite band, yeah. Um, probably hands down. Um, I've always really liked them, and then they put out a new album for the first time in thirteen years last year, and I really liked that album. Um, it's like the drummer seemed like he's just at the top of his game. Uh, do, you, do you like Tool? Or do you like yeah, their new Do you like I, I their do. new album?
2: I do. Well, I was actually listening to Tool with Chris probably two weeks ago, I'd say. And my brain doesn't always understand like complex musical composition. And I was reading something about them. They they did this album or a lot of it, like in some, and you'd know a lot more about this than me, Chris, and we'll get into your musical prowess, but it's not just standard fourths or whatever it is, right? So the way that my brain could understand it is like the drummer's the lead guitarist. <laughs> That's how... It's so it's
0: really really cool, but it's. So is that band unique in that, like regard that so, their drummer kind of runs the music?
1: So, no, um, I th- one of that drummer I know I've read about him. His one of his influences is Neil, Peart of Neil Peart. Rush. Neil yeah. the best ever, isn't he? He's one of the best. He's and so he he would write a lot of their music. He would even write Rush's lyrics too, but. Uh, I've been listening to that band a lot lately, and I was like, I can hear things in his playing, Neil Peart's, like, playing. Um, and then I, I was like, oh, I could see how that had an influence on Tool. Yeah. Um, and so that's a good question. Is it common for a drummer to, to – Well, they're the well, backbone of the song, right? Like, they kind of so, – So, to answer – yes, it it is common, and a lot of that um, just goes back to, like, jazz music – where a jazz drummer is going to, you know, kind of just lead all the musicians. The song, you know, they're all improvising. They're kind of just making it like they're playing within the structure of like song and chords. But they, um the drummer can just make the song go wherever it, it, it's going to go. You know, you can't have like a trumpet player just like kind of change. Right,
0: the, and then a guitarist is going to feed off of what the drummer's doing. Correct. Like, that's he's the lead
1: guy, right? the guitarist every band is no, no, no. different um well the... so like the guitar is i mean it just depends on what the guitar is playing if it's like something rhythmic you know if they're playing like harmonies you know or soloing then they're just playing melodies and stuff like that so i mean i, I kind of look at i wouldn't say that like, if are the main person they are melodically they're playing all mostly playing solos you know uh, while The rhythm section, which would be your bass and drums just kind of underneath just, um, you know, just kind of like keeping everything together and just kind of like the meat of the song. Yeah.
2: All right. Second question in the warm up. If one team was going to be contracted or moved to another city. So you have to pick one that stays. It's up to you. Two choices. Who do you keep? Twins or Wild? (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: if one of them
1: had to move
2: one of them's gone
1: you gotta pick the one that says well currently i would say the wild but i mean like i've out the wild have always been my you know my favorite team for the you know ever since you know over the past 20 years since we got them uh but that team just seems like it's so generic and going nowhere um you know like they don't have any identity they I mean Fiala Fiala's good um uh and then we're getting Kaprizov or Kaprizov I don't know how I've ever heard I think it's
0: Capri Sun, but Kaprizov yeah
1: I've heard Kaprizov I've heard Kaprizov um, <laughs> hey. but yeah. I've heard uh so right now I would I would want to keep the twins because they're just I don't know they're such a likable team I'm with there's so them. many personalities on that team and mm-hmm. um Yeah, I'd have to say the Wild. If it was, you know, six years ago, I'd probably give you a different answer. Sure. But, I mean, just like the Wild, they don't have any centers. They don't, you know, like they don't have a stud center who can, you know, Play, you know, lead a team, play defense, and I i mean, they don't really have any goalies. They got that young Finnish kid who looked all right in a couple games last year. Yeah, they got what...
0: some holes to fill big time. Yeah, it's its going to be an interesting rest of the offseason. They've already made some moves. Yeah, I... They got a ways to go.
1: Well, and we just got to wait for those Suter and Preezy contracts to to end. Yeah, get them out of here. Like we'll Mauer. see if
2: we're even around for that.
0: Well look what the twins did now that Maurer's gone, man. It's we're... you know it's right. like, opens the freaking pocketbook. Uh all right, I got the next one. What's the best live show you've been to?
2: Um in under four minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: so Silver at local age?
1: <laughs> April of ninety seven? Is that when that was? I think I think so. Uh well, I probably I'd probably be. Let me think, because I, you know, I already said that Tool is my favorite band, and one of my favorite concerts was was one of the one of their concerts I saw him back in the
2: one where he crouched in the corner and didn't move the whole time.
1: <laughs> 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 no, um, there, that was just a lot of fun. That was the first time I. seen them but i'm trying to think of something else that was just amazing i i really like the band ween and they put on a great live show so the first time i saw them they play for two and a half three hours
2: didn't you go with our friend david winkle to that one
1: i went with winkle to uh, him and i have gone to i think four ween shows now um the first time I saw Ween was in Seattle, I didn't go with Dave then. This was back like almost 10 years ago. And so it was the first. It's usually the first time you see a band you love is probably going to be, in my opinion, or how it has been for me, it's going to be the, best, the most. Yeah. yeah concert. Most memorable. Yeah. And so I um, I saw him in Seattle at the Paramount. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that place. Like, it Sounds sweet. It's popular. Like it was the... Lithium The uh, video for Lithium Was shot there Oh
2: is that that place? Yeah I think Alice Chains Has played there I'm
1: pretty Pretty sure all those bands Have played there But um, When I saw them I remember I was having so much fun And I was like Jumping around And then I like <laughs> Smashed my head Back into this guy's face <laughs> And then I Like It's a Wien concert Everybody's so happy They're like Nobody's like Mad and angry it wasn't It's not like a metal show But Wien will play Some pretty hard stuff and I, uh, I hit this guy in the face. I turned I was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. There's was like, he cool about it? Yeah, for sure. He's like, oh, it's all right, man.
2: It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So question number four. You wrote a song called Tip-Ups and Whiskey Hiccups, which we're going to put on the end of this podcast so people can hear it. Okay. It's, fu- it's fucking awesome. Now, that song's great, like we said, but what is the most... Beers you've drank in a 24-hour period while ice fishing, and what's the biggest fish you've ever caught ice fishing? Two-part question.
1: So are you, you must be asking me that question because you were with me for both of those.
2: <laughs> I think. Well, I, oh, it was Neil the biggest one you caught.
1: Neil, yeah, that was a, that Neil the Northern. So. I'll answer the second question first so like you remember when we were there for that I was up on red yep and I remember I <laughs> I I woke up it was like eight in the morning and I was on the top bunk and you're on the bottom and like you when you ice fish you always have blankets like covering so I don't know why you yeah, need the store protectors <laughs> so like you had those up and like I woke like when I jumped down as soon as I jumped down I remember you were <laughs> The towels came, like, fried up. You're like, hey, like, you must have already been awake and ready (laughs) to go. And then I remember, like, just sitting there, and I I was just, like, you know, kind of hung over from the night before, and then I look over, and, like, my bottle of scotch is sitting there, and I took a (laughs) sip of it. And then then look over, and the bobber's just gone. And so I just thought it was going to be, like, one of those, like, 15-inch walleyes where you're, like, catching a bunch of those. And then you remember I set the hook, and, and the thing just, like, Pulled my rod down the hole, and, like, I had the drag set too tight, and so, like, I quick flipped it, like, loosened it, like, all in one motion, and then just shoved the rod, like, the rod straight down the yeah, hole. Yeah, he
2: fought so, it like a champ.
1: And then, so, I don't know, what I fought for, like, 10, 15 minutes, and then I broke the rod, like, trying to pull its head up through the hole. Like, yep. Trent Trent Martin was, like, he was uh i remember he was crouching down we both kind of like grabbed it out of the hole um but yeah that was the biggest fish i ever how big was that bad boy it was it was
2: 36 yeah i think it was 36
1: inches no it was a
2: fat big so the the best part is too is to put it in perspective the rod that he caught it on was a little bit lighter tackle it was made for like crappies or walleyes so what what he did was so masterful because when you're holding the rod and it's parallel with the ice and a fish that big's bending it, if you hold it straight like that, it'll snap that rod at where you hold your hand. So he like had a visceral reaction and held it straight down. So it was perpendicular with the ice. So the rod was straight down the hole and that saved his rod. Cause it, it would have snapped his rod if, with a drag like that. So it was actually pretty masterful to watch. Plus I think I was at about a point one eight, which made it even better. <laughs>
1: You were laughing so hard. Every time that thing, because, like, it would it would swim and it would just take the lens. Yep. And every time I did it, you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we were just laughing. And then I'd reel it in for, you know, maybe 10 seconds and we'd just take it out more. It's- I remember the first time it came up and it
2: decided it wasn't done, I saw its big orange anvil tail. Yeah. Kicked by the hole and I was like, oh,
1: oh, oh. So... Yeah, we finally got that. I don't remember, I don't think it was that fat, but it was just long. It was pretty fat. I mean, it was a healthy fish. It was a big fish. I remember, like, holding it in my arms, and it was just, like, it was exhausted, (laughs) and it was just, like, wiggling real slow. We should
2: post that picture, Luther. Yeah. If he can find it, we could
1: post it. Yeah, man, I want to see that monster. I think I only had it out of the water for, what, like a minute, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to. Yeah, he was fine. I, I remember in that moment holding it, I was like, oh, this thing's extraordinary. You know, I mean, it's not a, an amazing 36 inches. I mean, like you would mount one that's like, what, 45 or or 40 plus. I, yeah, I don't know what. P- People's standards are different. Probably
2: 40 plus, I'd say.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, I remember in that moment, I was like, oh, I would never mount a fish. Because, like, why would I kill it out of my own vanity? And, and plus, these days, you can go... Take a picture, yes. measure it, and then someone can just make a replica of it that looks That's exactly like that. That's what people like do it. a lot more now. And I mean, yeah. And that thing's just going to make a bunch more. Especially if you catch like a 30 inch walleye. Right. They would just be stupid. In my opinion, it's stupid. I'm with to you. M- no, I'm
2: with In you. Yeah. Well, India. those are the spawners, dude.
1: Those are going to make a thousand. You know, it's a thousand walleye's right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. From that thing. But then to answer the first question, the most beers is, well, I remember I brought. Was it
2: Yellow Lake hams?
1: Yeah, I brought the thirty pack of hams, and then I remember like we started drinking it. So it was maybe a little over twenty-four hours, but I crushed the whole thirty pack. <laughs> and then I, remember, I remember, that's like Wade Boggs. I remember, but it's hams. I mean, you could just put that stuff like water and that's like my yeah, with favorite. That,
0: hams gives you a pretty wicked headache, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Not if you keep drinking. I suppose. Yeah. yeah so when you wake up with a headache after hams. Just drink more. Yeah, drink hams.
2: <laughs> you know what cures hams' headaches? Hams. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, uh,
1: yeah, I remember kept reaching out into the 30-pack, sitting outside the door, and then I think it was late the second night I reached out and there were no more in there. <laughs> All right, one All more right. warm-up Yeah, question. last one, man.
0: I, I want to know, do you have any embarrassing stories like performing on stage? Anything that stands out for you?
2: her out, poop your pants, anything like that.
1: Um, yeah, I'm uh, there have been embarrassing things to happen. I'm trying to think uh um Yeah, I see the sad thing is I'll probably think of something a couple of yeah, hours. Yeah, if you think later. about it even today, to let us know. I got one more warm up. Um, I mean, I've sometimes I've just gotten like I – I don't drink anymore before I play shows because it's just impairs my ability to think quick when I like I'm in the middle of playing and like, it's like, oh, what's the next chord? If you're sober, it's pretty easy to be like, oh, you figure it out in a second. But if you're like a bunch of drinks, deep, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You know? And so I, I, I mean, there've just been times where I've just drank too much just to, you know, like before like playing anything and then just play poorly. But no, I've never pissed myself or anything up on the. <laughs> you had
0: another one, you
2: said? Yeah, best branch of the military besides the Marines.
0: Because you were in.
2: Because Chris Barthol is a Marine, was. I don't. You say is or was?
1: Like a, either or were.
2: Honorably discharged Marine.
1: <laughs> yes, I was. So
2: thanks for your service, that, by the way.
1: That's. Yeah, thank you. I think the most. Uh... That's what I'm most proud of, is that I was somehow able to get an honorable discharge. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, I, you know, I, there's so many things that... Do you want to talk about that, or... Um, yeah, sure. I, there's, I remember when I was on that ship for six months, this was, uh it was it was February of 2002 to August 2002, and we had a a group of seals for a short amount of time on ship, and those guys were were the most down to earth people I met. They weren't, really? you know, they weren't like stuck up because I mean it's very difficult to become a seal, um, and so they weren't, you know, they weren't all arrogant or anything. They were just nice. They would answer all your questions you had about the seals because everybody's like, you know, everybody's just like you know, intrigued, you know, telling stories. But I remember one day we were up on like the top side of the ship and we were in one of our Connex boxes getting out our, I was a machine gunner and we were cleaning our machine guns. Well, then I look over and the SEALs were like in their Connex box getting out. They had AK-47s, they had old M60 machine guns that were used in Vietnam, you know, stuff that aren't, you know, regular weapons that the military uses. And they were just, like, load magazines full of rounds. <laughs> and then they just disappeared for, like, I don't know, a week or two. And then they were <laughs> back. And we I remember we were in the, the, I think it was the Gulf of Aden, which, you know, is where the Red Sea kind of empties into the Indian Ocean. Um, like yep. by Near <laughs> Yemen.
2: Okay, goes, yep.
1: So I don't, I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> I, so yeah, I guess I guess yeah, I go with the Navy just because I served with them. There was some, like all the the Navy the um, people I served with in the Navy they are all just down to earth and nice. Marines are kind of crazy and just like I don't know they're kind of assholes for lack of a better word. <laughs> but I um, I uh, I you know I mean most of the people in the Navy I served with were were. Uh, Good to go good shit
0: um all right so if we rewind a little bit just starting out with your music like if you want to call it career how'd you get into it or like what I remember you said you started on the piano right
1: your yeah mom got
0: you into some lessons
1: yeah so I, I was in first grade and I, I went to St. Pius as you guys might have remembered you're probably at Otter and um I I went over. You, I don't even remember Joe Bauman. <laughs> yeah, he went to Saint oh, yeah. Pius, and I went over to his house um, after school one day, and he had a drum kit, and he could play drums, and he started playing drums to "Foxy Lady" by Jimi Hendrix. Like he put "Foxy Lady" on on this like Pete on this like these big speakers, and he was playing to it. I thought it was the coolest thing I had like ever seen and heard. And then I went home. I was like, Mom, I want to play the drums. I want to play the drums. And she was like um i'm glad she had the foresight to like she's like "Well, you gotta learn piano first you gotta learn music theory and all that stuff and a lot of people say like learn learn um piano and then like another instrument just to understand music music theory yeah just like what you know like i've
2: heard in- that before yeah
1: uh, violin's another another instrument I hear is a good one to start out on at an early age. But yeah, so I took piano lessons for four years and I like I like piano. Um, I kinda wish I would have stuck with it, but uh, I um you know, from second grade to sixth grade, I played piano. And so at the end, you know, like towards the end of those four years of uh, taking piano lessons, I remember my my little brother, Joel, he's like, I want to play drums. And like, I remember thinking, I was like, there can't be two drummers in this family. <laughs> and, and then I was like, well, I'll play guitar. And I don't know why, like, I don't know why I didn't just, you know. Beat... Play the older brother card. Yeah, exactly. And just like bullying him into learning something else. I am glad it turned out the way it did, but then I decided I was like, Oh, I'm gonna play guitar and then so I started taking guitar lessons in seventh grade till about ninth grade. Um to you know and then I didn't you know, I got to a certain skill level on guitar in high school and didn't really play that much. I did, you know sorted? Little... Yeah, that was that was ninth grade and then half of tenth grade. And then I didn't really play in any bands you know then and then so then i went into the marine corps and one of my like best friends who i met in the marine corps i mean when i met him he was like had drumsticks and he was rapping on a drum pad i was like oh you saw just from listening to on a drum pad and then i found out we liked all the same music and then he got a he got his drum kit down there i got brought got all my instruments down there um i had bought a bass guitar by then well then we we that first deployment, I was on ship for six months. There's nothing to do except sleep and eat and lift weights, and so I would sit in the the well deck where all like the all the you know five ton trucks and humvees are like kind of like below like under the flight deck, and sit down there for hours just playing and practicing. And that was when I first you know was at that skill level in high school. Then I just you know got really good. Well, not really good, but like a lot better. And then. Um, you know was kind of came you know play guitar and stuff but we played with this other guy this this one latin marine from corpus christi texas who was all he was so good he he was this guitarist and i so i just picked up my bass and played bass and that's when i realized i loved bass it felt more comfortable and natural to me than playing a lead instrument like or a melodic instrument like guitar being like the lead, you know um and so that's when I realized I love bass. And so, but that guy got out of the Marine Corps a couple of years before I did. And then so after college, when I moved out to Oregon, I was, like, I was done with college. I was like, oh, well, I could just, I could actually probably be in a band. So then a popular thing to do is for musicians to meet other musicians is just Craigslist. Grinder, grinder's a good, good. <laughs> I've met a few musicians on Grinder. Um but <laughs> we – um, I met my girlfriend on Craigslist. We're in a band together. No, I yeah. bet – So, like, I, that's Hey, so it. here's your –
2: his band, by the way, is called Broken Heartland String Band. They play uh, all over, I guess, greater Minnesota. And we can do some plugs, too, on where you play. I just want to make sure people knew the band you play for. So, go ahead. As you were. Sorry, I blew up. So, I was just saying,
1: like, Craigslist is a good way – like, you could just p- type in whatever, you know – you're looking for an instrument or style of music, and you find a bunch of people looking for, you know, a bass player. Type in like yeah. good guitarist. Is that how? Not... Is that how you got into your band? So yeah, the Broken Ireland String Band. Yeah. Yeah, I so I played a few different bands out in Oregon. Found like I've been on both sides where you're going Craigslist and you're looking for somebody, or yeah. you're that person. You know, you're the free show, agent, the yeah. Scott Weiland. Um, you know, I moved back from Oregon in 2015 and I wasn't really playing that much. Um, and then I started picking up my bass in like early 2016 and my upright bass because I had switched to upright bass, um, you know, back like I got one in maybe 2012, tinkered around with it or whatever, but then. 2016 I was like oh well I started taking lessons I was down at the Twin Cities Jazz Festival it's this phenomenal bass player
0: upright bass lessons you're talking yeah, yes correct which is like bigger than a cello like what's the difference yeah so it's like a
1: cello but bigger it, they're both string instruments the bass is yeah the biggest in size and it's like the lowest register you know the deepest sound. okay yeah cello's next you know next and then it's viola and then violin Got it. Okay. So I get like a, like a re, you know, like just string instruments in an orchestra. You know, I there'll be like 20, 30 violins. Um, there'll be like 15, maybe I, I don't have my numbers right, but yeah, but 10, 15 violas and then like eight cellos and then like five basses. Okay. But, so I started taking lessons, found this bass player playing at jazz. It was like, oh, do you give lessons? He's like, yeah. And so I... Took lessons for a few month, months, and then that's when I got on Craigslist, and this this band um, was, you know, they were pretty much straight bluegrass back then. It was um guitar banjo and fiddle and then a couple a couple of them sang and uh yeah i i got to a a skill level i was like oh i feel comfortable where i could play this thing in a band okay um so we've been the three of us have been playing together for a little over three years i've seen you guys it's fun to watch yeah it's it's all right it's not So the thing is, like, I said it was straight bluegrass back then. It's not, or straight bluegrass and country and stuff, but now it's like we kind of just play whatever we want, you know. Tip Um, up
2: some whiskey hiccups.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like more of a straight, just honky tonk country. Great song. Yeah, that's the only song I've really written in the band. You should
2: write more. That one's good.
1: I wrote. We have a new one where I wrote the music, but then I gave like the music to Garden. He wrote lyrics to it. He's okay. pretty prolific with writing lyrics. I hated it. it. That tip up song took. Well, it took like I, t- I had like a chorus, and then I you know parts, and then then one. It, I, it was the one week i sat down i was like all right i'm gonna finish this and so every time i came home from work i'd sit down for a couple hours and <laughs> bang out the verses and bridges. one of the best
2: lines of music history is shotgun a lager and fire up the auger
1: yeah i that was when i just kind of forced myself well and you know what's another easy trick is just going on google you know you can find a website where how do you rhyme right auger
2: Right. Yeah, but that works because those two things have happened yeah. hundreds of times.
0: Yeah. Do you find that part fun, like the creative process, like the writing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. Well, writing the lyrics. Is
0: harder for you than the music itself. Yeah,
1: absolutely. the The writing the music's a lot of fun because then you can kind of just you know noodle around and kind of. Improvise.
2: By the way, we should also mention this. Chris's hard drive crashed, but he made a pretty awesome song for the show. Uh, with for him. this it
1: podcast. Was, it yeah. was
2: for this podcast. And it's with you and your girlfriend, right?
1: Yeah. So Courtney's got a really nice voice. So I listened to your podcast, you know, a few of them to get a sense of what I should make for it. And then I was like, oh, I want to do something funky with like a clav. Um, and then, you know, like with some some electric piano and like just bass and a beat, well, then I was like, oh, well, I, was, I was trying to think like, of so who I could get to sing, and I was thinking, you know, like, my brother, maybe, but that he's good at, like, hard rock stuff, and I was like, well, no, I'm not going to do that, so I got Courtney to do it, I made the music, and then I had her over one night, and I remember it took a little while to figure out the vocals on the interface I had that goes into the computer, and, um, She's got she, a good voice.
2: I, I thought it turned out awesome.
1: I, I Well, she was, like, passing out, falling asleep, and, like, I remember I kept waking her up in between, like, <laughs> tracks. I was like, come here. I was like, here, let's do another one. Like, and, Take so, two. So, hey, I, babe,
2: have some tea. We got to knock
1: out another verse. So I think we could well, – I'll be. I'll make pretty much the same something like it's it. The same it might, ballpark, I'm gonna try yeah. I'm going to make it a little better maybe. I don't know. No, nah, make it worse. <laughs>
0: No, it was good, man. I freaking liked it. I'm excited to hear it again, whatever it is.
2: So going forward, that song by Chris Barthol and Courtney, what's her last name? Buck. Courtney Buck. That'll be the theme song for the LTK show. And it's pretty good, and I think people are going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I made like the minute or whatever, and then I had you over Luther, and we kind of just chopped it up perfectly. Um, And then I was like, oh, I wanted to redo the bass line. And then we had to... it
0: pretty much dialed in, and yeah. then a, an unfortunate event w- occurred. Yeah, and the then heart.
2: your computer did the same thing
1: as the founder of iPad of the Apple, right? <laughs> it, it died. It pretty, it pretty much got pancreas cancer. Right after I did that song, <laughs> it,
2: it was wearing like sneakers and no socks <laughs> on stage after it unveiled the iPhone eight, and then it just died.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be good man either way
1: yeah well i'll try and get you something here and then like get it done in the next couple of weeks uh but
0: yeah that'd be sweet um all right so let's i want to talk about like our our growing up so we all three grew up in the same neighborhood um Green Haven, and we got some pretty good stories from from our youth which one should we start with
2: I think we should have Barthol talk
1: about canning. Canning cars. Okay, so this canning cars. Eric, you and I we talked about. We tried to wonder where this came. No, from. No,
2: I know where it came from. It was Jansen.
1: Yeah. So you said Jansen had the idea.
2: Well, our friend Mark Jansen told us one day at his house that his mom used to do this. Okay and like she basically unknowingly gave us the idea and turned us but more you into the monster that you became
1: so my dad in the garage always had garbage bags full of cans and so that's when I was just like oh we should you know and we always had fishing line at our houses and so so what you for people who don't know what canning is you take fishing line nothing it ha- should be six pound test or greater i've tried using four pound micro ice and it's very difficult it because bra- <laughs> it, it breaks it, in it the breaks axle? very easily six is six breaks too i usually like if i want a can like and use a bunch of cans i'll, I'll go get 20 pounds Uh, Triple braided spider wire. (laughs) He's got to do his science. Just dialed. So we we started, you know, so you tie cans on the end of fishing line, then you run the fishing line across the street, and the line gets caught in, like, the grill of the car or the radio antenna. Um, And then the car just drags the cans down the road.
2: (laughs) I think the funniest part of it, or at least, like, when we were younger, is you'd see the car go down the road and they'd get three, 400 yards away. And by that time they had heard this noise consistently. So then all of a sudden they think like their muffler's dragging or something. So you see the brake lights. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: wait for it. Wait for
1: and it. And
2: sometimes you can hear it way down the road.
1: <laughs> so my mom always tells this story is that, you know, when I come home from the cabin on like a Sunday, you know, in the summer, you know, you, you all would be running around and you'd just be at my house as soon as I got home and then I'd run off with y'all and then she would be like unpacking from the cabin and then all of a sudden she would just hear a car go by <laughs> with a dragon can <laughs> just getting right at it
2: Cannon cars.
1: It's, it's, it's harmless I mean lots of people are like oh you could mess up the car or blah no. blah blah and I like I've you know I've thought about this a lot and I just feel it's it is harmless. Like you're. Yeah, not if the that... string's
0: long enough, the cans aren't going to hit. Well, right? if it's you use just...
2: eighty pound braid or something, and it gets like wrapped in the axle, maybe. But the idea, like the cans aren't going to touch the car. The line's going to break if it gets into anything mechanical, so it really is harmless.
1: So, well, I've had cans where I tied it too short, and they go in the wheel well, like the, <laughs> the, 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 the wheel well, and just like, <laughs> but like. <laughs> We try to avoid that. So one thing I've noticed is, you know, we did this when we were, you know, what, how old? Twelve, thirteen, fourteen. You know, grown mm-hmm. up and nineteen. But what I realize is that it's might even be more fun doing it in your thirties, because <laughs> when you're watching those cans go down the road, like <laughs> it's it's. It's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this at age 34 or whatever. You know, like when I started, I got into it again in my early 30s, but like out in Oregon. Cause, cause I lived, got into it. So I lived on this street in Portland, Burnside, which is a major street. It's It separates the um, streets, you know, north and south. Um, and so it was a perfect street for canning. A lot of traffic. And so, like, you know, I go out to the bars, and then I come home at, like, 2 in the morning, and (laughs) I stay up until the sun came up canning cars. (laughs) But but at that hour, I feel like I'm just mostly canning drunk drivers because, like, I would just be out there, like, oh, my gosh, look how drunk that person, you know, swerving all over the road. So I was just feeling like that I was making the drunk drivers more conspicuous.
2: Right, you're helping the police. Therefore,
1: keeping the roads safer.
2: And, moreover, being a responsible (laughs) person by canning.
1: But then I remember, I remember I got a cop once, and you know, like I don't know why he, like he pulled off to the side, and then turned on his cherries, and I don't know why, like why, because I didn't know it was a cop. Wait, I, so you put cans on a cop? Yeah, oh, I was running the. You got one? Yeah, I, I got a cop. I got a limo out there. I got the <laughs> the number twenty bus. Um, <laughs> The number so what happened with the cop? So, yeah. So like he pulled off like any car does with the can. And then as soon as he pulled off, turned the cherries on. And so I just ran in my backyard and, like, just, like, hid there and just watched him, like, f- shining he- flashlight, like, his ha- like head- his lamp, you know, like, his flashlight, like, on houses and stuff. <laughs> but then I remember texting my mom the next day, like, I was, like, proud of myself. I was, like, Mom, I was, like, I can't a cop. I was, like, I can't a cop last night. I feel like I finally accomplished something with my life. <laughs> she's, just like, she's, like, you're 33 years old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> still doing it dude uh, how about I, how about the purse game man I love the purse game so, growing up
1: so we got that idea from mighty ducks didn't we or did we were we doing that before that movie came my, out? I know for sure
2: I want to say all of our moms your mom my mom and Dave Winkle's mom so Mary Marsha Marsha or M squared M cubed mm-hmm. whatever it is I'm pretty sure they all talked about having done it, and then we instantly took to it because we were—at least me—you guys were more brazen than I was. Like I was always afraid to get my dad's wrath, (laughs) so like I was always super drawn to things we could do that were like super harmless. And the purse game really was harmless.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just a purse,
0: like right. So you take fishing line, yep, with the purse at the end, put it in the middle of the road, and that's your bait just wait for somebody to stop you throw a couple bucks out of it right like you just throw like a dollar or two sticking out i remember that a couple times
2: and then when somebody goes to pick up the purse you yank the fishing line and it does two things and creates two different reactions the first thing it does it scares the shit out of the person but then the second thing it does and this is the part i always enjoyed is it embarrasses them because (laughs) they know that somebody saw them going to pick up the purse but there's two reactions there's one that's embarrassed And then there's one that thinks it's funny. The people who think it's funny were probably the people who would've picked up the purse and turned it into the police station. The ones who get mad, the Marsha Conrads, are the assholes who would've kept the purse.
1: Uh So that's
2: why I got so much joy out of it because if you see a reaction where somebody's mad that you got them, you know that they were probably gonna steal it. That's where I derive joy. But how about the beat up game too? Not to jump. Yeah, no, that
0: was a good one. I I didn't get involved in that one as much. I remember Barthol being...
2: Barthol was one of the best beat-up game guys ever. Well,
1: we He's had one the of the best... more animated... We had the best... Uh... Well, we had Joel. Right. So he was like little a lot Joel. smaller, so it would look... Joel's Chris's little brother, by the like way. Like we're beating up yeah. some Yeah, so Joel kid. was three, four years younger than us. So, so was... when we
2: were 15, he was like 11,
0: 12. Yeah,
1: so here's how it
2: happened. We'd have... we'd A lot of times, we'd be in our buddy Eckert's backyard. And Eckert butted up to the main road, which is called Greenhaven uh, in our neighborhood. A lot of traffic. And he had a huge patch of arborvitaes that ran at the uh, westernmost of his property line. Well, it doesn't matter what side, one of the sides of his property line had a huge, so we could hide in the arborvitaes. But what would happen is we'd send Joel running when a car was coming. So a car was probably 75 yards coming towards us. We'd send Joel running, then we'd all come out of the pine trees. So it looked like five big bullies caught up to little joel and then once he was down on the ground right about the time the car was passing we were all throwing overhand rights (laughs) pretend but every once in a while he said a couple of us hit a little too hard he said you uh, always
1: get him you always (laughs) give him
2: i was just trying to sell it that's all but eventually what what would happen is cars would stop and then we'd run away right away and that was fun and it, it actually was derived from i don't know if you remember this but jansen had that bell bike helmet and we'd pretend like we crashed at 10 speed and have the bike helmet like laying off by our head. Oh, yeah, that's and the, the whole idea was to get cars to stop and say, are you okay? Well, then the beat up game came. Well, we start doing the beat up game and we'd run and then Joel would have to pretend like he had like amnesia or like walk it off. Yeah, We thought that was funny. But then Chris, <laughs> you got more brazen. You always had more nuts than everybody. And Chris used to then be the beater and then he'd stand there and like wait all the way until the people got right out of their car to run. Talk about a rush!
1: Yeah, I. My favorite beat up game story. I I think it was it was me, Dave Winkle, Andy Bartis, and maybe Scott Rector. And Bartis was the victim. No, I was
2: there too. Were you it's there? The one where the people came back from Spring Hill, right? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Up on yep. you,
1: grew, you grew up on Spring Hill. Right? Yeah, it's probably yeah. Like, so yep. it was like up there, and we were running around back in there, and they caught Winkle. And BARTIS and they're like telling Bartis they're like, you need to stand up for yourself. Yeah. And they're like, no,
2: we're playing the beat up game. They're like
1: joking. You don't have to cover for <laughs> that. They, they just kept lecturing Bartis <laughs> that he needs to not they just get picked on. Didn't
0: believe him.
1: <laughs> no, it's a game.
2: Do you remember the big snowball we built that we put in the middle of the road on Greenhaven?
1: where did we where did we make it Akert's? it was
2: from eckert's backyard but it was one of those perfect like late october days early november no, it was
1: wet. Not, yeah
2: yeah it was like 34 <laughs> degrees and it was snowing and it snowed hard and fast and we started building a snowball
1: yeah
2: like i i want to say like you started it or scott mark doesn't matter well then eventually winkle kicks in Acker kicks in i kick in all of a sudden we're pushing the snowball that's like the size of a volkswagen yeah and i don't know whose idea it was but it was probably yours to go ahead and put it like right in the middle of Greenhaven Drive. So we put a snowball that probably weighed, I don't know, like seven, 800 pounds in the middle of Greenhaven Drive. And I can't even make this up. Like my dad probably left the house once every three, three, four months. And that happened to be the day he was driving down Greenhaven Drive. I just remember him seeing that snowball <laughs> and looking at me and just being like, get in the car. And I, and I thought I was in a ton of trouble, but he actually thought it was kind of funny.
1: Did we put it in the middle of the road? We did. I'm sure we did. Why would we put it on Yeah, and then my dad and...
2: made me go back and, like, help take it down.
1: Yeah. I, I don't remember that. I... Maybe you weren't there, but. Yeah, I don't good. remember that one. I bet you remember the deer.
0: I was just going to say, man, speaking of the road. That
1: was the funny. That
0: was okay, one so, of... all right. Both of you guys take in the story. Frozen deer found in Morningside, a yeah, park, so which I'll, is I'll near where we grew up. We grew yeah, up.
2: So, it was a snow day at school.
0: It was a cold day.
2: It was a cold day, but there was a ton of snow, too.
0: Okay, so it was... All right.
2: So the way that I remember it...
0: Day off of school.
2: We were screwing around, and we ended up over at Morningside Park, which was adjacent to my house, <clears throat> and Scott Mark, like he's one to do, was kind of off on his own, and the way I remember it is he was by the train tracks, and he found a frozen Mortis deer. Well we naturally we set it up and we're like drop kicking it in the face <laughs> karate chopping it i remember on the infield of morningside and then somebody's brain and like i always said in my the way my brain thinks the story i thought of it but i'm pretty sure it was probably you uh but somebody decided we need to go set this deer up on the main road so chris take it from here
1: yeah i mean that's what i remember finding it and then i remember i i remember th- well so i remember thinking. Yeah, it might have been my idea, but I remember like, oh, we could get this to Greenhaven with my big toboggan. Um, and so Joel Joel and I ran back to my house for morning, you know, just like a five minute run. Got the toboggan, came back, put the deer on the toboggan, and then we just dragged it.
2: And like, there was a lot of snow, right? Like
1: there was over a foot of snow. I remember. I don't remember. I don't remember it being a snow or cold day, but I remember there was snow. Yeah, there was a lot of snow because I remember. Yeah. Um, I remember the we had bank was really pulling. high on Greenhaven. Yep. Well, so we dragged it to Greenhaven, and then we set it up, and it like the way we set it up, it looked like it was just gonna dart right out. Yeah, into it was the on road. its haunches because you. Can it was right on the, the curb lips. too, wasn't it? It was on yeah. the curve. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so we. It's, I remember when we set it up and then, like, we ran away, you know, like, fr- you know, not, we ran away from it, like, to just go hide in those, uh, bushes at, uh, Eckert in his backyard, those, to bushes. watch the action. And I remember turning around looking at it and I remember laughing so hard that, like, I, Collapsed in this and fell in the snow, like because, like, my insides just like I was laughing so hard and crying
0: because it was just so good, yeah.
1: And then, <laughs> then the first car comes and they just slow down, <laughs> they're driving slow and looking at it, yeah. And then they, you know, they were just like, I think, realized it was dead and then kept going. But then I remember walking up back up to the deer for some reason, I remember this guy. Came out of his house across the street. He's like, Is that thing alive? And it's like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> don't you remember? Like
2: one car slammed on their brakes, and it was a little icy, and their wheel was turned sideways, and they hit the curb. And that's when it's like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, we've yeah. been off more than We could chew
1: here. Well, I remember walking the block down to my house. Yeah, and your my, dad thought it was hilarious. Probably like shoveling snow for like the eighth time that day, and like I, I remember. It's just like, oh, Dad, look at look at. There's a deer just standing <laughs> on that, he just he just had the
2: look like he's I know like, you fuckers did this. Yeah, he
1: just like you had something to do with that, <laughs> dude. I is that got like roasted. You came and
2: got the toboggan. <laughs>
0: so- I got roasted on that. I was driving home from I think like hockey practice that dude, day. Dude, it, uh, it was tenth grade. It was.
2: Oh, we were sixteen.
0: Yeah, it was. 10th I was grade. driving by myself, and okay. I remember I like slowed down. I'm like, dude, is that a deer? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And I'm creeping, I'm creeping, and all of a sudden I get, like, pretty close to the trees where you guys were hiding, and I just see you guys all, like, rolling and just, like, pointing at me. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you sons of, like, dude, I got crushed on it, yeah.
1: It was probably, like, February or January of, like, 98? Is that one? Yeah, so it would be, like, nine, like 98. We were in 10th grade.
2: So, we were
1: in 10th, okay. Mm-hmm. We yeah, We I was driving. That.
0: So I was 16, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a beauty. Well, we, we did, I remember one of the, the guy came out of his house, like the guy well, behind the, guy the who,
2: yeah, the fireman.
1: He threw it in the, in the bank, like, you know, just threw it off the side of the road. But then yep. I remember, didn't we, then we took it over to the Thompson's house. And so Larry, <laughs> Larry Thompson, Larry Thompson was, you know, infamous for going around and picking up dead deer on the side of the road. He'd clean them and eat them. You know, really? some people do that, like eat roadkill. And so we're like, oh, well, this is we'll just give it to Larry. You know, and like I remember just <laughs> setting it up on their like uh, <laughs> uh, like on their doorstep and then, you know, ding dong, ditching them. And then we never I, I, saw it. We never saw the deer again. Oh, Christ, that's funny.
0: <laughs> Larry took it down. That's friggin sweet, man.
1: That was just legendary. Some Benny chaps.
0: Dude, uh, so you mentioned your dad before. He's a character, man. Uh, I want to hear the because I've heard it from Oxblood many times. The the leaving leaving Joel's breezers in Bloomington.
1: <laughs> I you know so I wasn't I wasn't there for that, but it was just my brother. Was always infamous for forgetting a piece of hockey equipment. And it seemed like he would always forget it when they were playing (laughs) on the opposite side of the metro area, like Bloomington.
0: So we lived in White Bear, which is the northeast corner. Bloomington is like, whatever, straight south, southwest. Southwest, basically, yeah. So it's like a 40 minute drive.
1: So Joel, yeah, forgot his breezers and like they're all, you know, out there. (laughs) And he's just I'm like, laughing already. Like it's his just coach, great. his name was like Wally or something, and he just go, go tell Wally you're a dumbass, Joel. And he's just like, we're we're in Bloomington, Joel. It's Forty-five minutes away. And it's like my my dad drive all the way home and then bring the breezers back down so Joel could play. Ah, the, Joel. So, so Joel could play the third period or whatever, you know.
2: And hearing Joel describe that, like it's one of the funniest Joel, things ever. so...
1: Yeah, I, I mean, my he's brother... Like, Go tell
2: your coach you're an idiot, you forgot your freezer <laughs> and we'll be back in an hour.
1: <laughs> so, my brother is so good at doing impressions of our dad, especially when he's mad. But my favorite is with those two is when, like, they're together doing something, I'm not there, and then I hear a story and I get both sides of it. <laughs> and, like, they're fishing and, like uh you know they're fishing and like it's they're, they're catching walleyes but the thunderstorm's coming and my dad just wants to get off the lake and joel's like no we're into walleyes and like <laughs> so then i'll ask my brother to tell the story he's like yeah dad wanted to leave you know like i don't know why and then i like, ask my dad he's like yeah there's a thunder there's lightning and like i just want to get off the lake <laughs>
2: somewhere in the middle finds like the common ground like is the normal Yeah.
1: The I, normalcy. I and I'll just like you know, take whoever's side whenever I'm talking to him. I'll right. be like, Yeah, Joel's an idiot. I'll just be like, with a jaw, I'll just be like, Yeah, dad, I don't why would he not want to catch walleyes?
2: <laughs> oh,
1: Christ, uh, that's funny. It's friggin' good times.
0: Um Hey, let's finish this thing off. I, I made a little uh a, what is it? A game, that's what I'm trying to think of. A game, trivia, all right, between you two. Yep. All right, so I got seven. Well, I got eight questions, but I got. He didn't seven. show them to me just so you, you know. don't know the answer. Yeah, I was gonna no, answer you. you're, you're looking answer. at
2: me like all oh, skeptical. I have no idea.
0: So it's seven questions. We'll do best of seven, baseball style. All right, and it's a blend of sports and music. Okay. All right.
2: How do you chime in? You got to say your name.
0: Yeah, you want to do buzzer with your name? Would yeah, that be? That works. Yeah. Let's so if do you know that. the answer, so...
2: say Eric. And then if I get it wrong, he can steal.
0: Okay, say that again.
2: If you ask a question, yep. whomever says their first name first
0: yes, gets to answer. Yes. If
2: they get it wrong,
0: I'll give you which five I, seconds. I won't.
2: But if, if Chris gets it wrong, can I steal?
0: Yes, hundred percent.
1: All right.
0: Yep. We got it?
1: Mm-hmm. So, so what's the buzzer noise?
0: Ring in with your name, basically. All right. Just so once once you know it or think you know it, go. So If it's... I don't
2: win, we're going to delete this whole session.
0: Okay. So this one, number one, is a multiple choice. All right. Number one. In what year was Metallica's first album? Eric, Chris 18,
2: 1983.
0: Boom! That's good, man. Kill them all. Kill them all in 1983.
1: Did Chris you know
2: that? knew that too. I was yeah, he knew it for sure.
1: It was originally called Metal Up Your Ass. Was it really? Yeah, and they had like a What didn't they? And like I don't know. Then, but that wasn't probably gonna be able to sell at like Target. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kill 'em All is good though. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: number two. What year did Kirby Puckett make his major league debut? Eric,
2: 1984.
0: Dude, he's two for two. This guy's on fire over here.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have got that one. I knew nope. the other one. Okay. Yeah. All right,
0: 2-0. Okay, this one's true or false. Worst lead to have in trivia.
2: <laughs> it is. It's a top lead.
0: Number three, true or false. Guns N' Roses' first album was Appetite for Destruction.
2: Eric, false.
1: Eh. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> I-
2: I was just trying to grab one because I didn't know.
1: Yeah, it's their first oh, album. Yeah, well, you got to answer yeah. it right then. Eighty-seven.
2: <laughs> what? What is the answer?
1: It is yes, Jeff. yes. <laughs> true or false? Yes.
2: He didn't true. Say true. Or false. <laughs> he said yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fine,
2: we'll give it to you. Sorry. You didn't. He, yes. What did you?
1: Th- you didn't think it was their first album?
2: I I don't know that much about Guns N' Roses. So two one good guys.
1: Yeah.
0: 2-1, Eric. I'm
2: going to put that one behind me.
0: All right, number four. Who was the Minnesota Timberwolves' first ever draft pick? A, Tony Campbell. B, Christian Leitner. C, Felton Spencer.
2: Eric! You were going to say one more one. Five,
0: four, three, Tony two... Tony
2: Campbell.
0: Eh. Or D, Pooh Richardson.
1: Chris, so I'll go with well, I don't even know what to my name. What was the third one again?
0: So we got Tony Campbell, Christian Leitner, Felton Spencer, Pooh Richardson.
1: Was it Felton Spencer? I think it's Pooh, dude. It's Pooh. <laughs> That's Poo? why I should have waited for the last one. <laughs> it was Pooh Richardson. Oh, I guess, yeah, I should have. Yeah, but I, like, I didn't think Pooh Poo Richardson played for the Twimbo- Timberwolves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Poo. I remember he had such a funny name, but like I didn't. He, know had, he had a good run. World. Yeah, he was I remember Burger first...
2: King had like Pooh Richardson cups. Did... It was a piece of a poop? <laughs> <laughs>
3: like on the side of the cup.
1: <laughs> what uh, Leitner got drafted? What like ninety two? Same yeah. year as Shaq, so yeah. like ninety three, ninety two,
0: ninety three. It yeah, was ninety
1: two, like yeah, because it was Shaq. And oh, then, Dream Team year too, yeah, and so then Alonzo Morning. I think went second, and then Leitner went third. Leitner
2: got to play on the Dream Team because Michael Jordan didn't like uh, what's-his-name from the Pistons.
1: Isaiah Thomas. I think so. Yeah. He was awesome.
0: Well, no, Stockton got it because of Thomas.
2: Oh, got it. Got yeah. it, got it, got but it. But Leitner, I don't know
0: why he got it over Shaq. I can't remember why that was.
2: Went to Duke.
0: Yeah. A bunch of races.
1: Well, they probably, I mean, who would be playing center on the Dream Team?
2: Ewing.
0: Ewing Elijah and not, no Ewing and the Admiral.
1: David oh, Robinson. David Robinson. Yeah, and they're probably better than Shaq when he was a rookie, right?
2: Yeah, that's true. So hey, am I up two to one though?
0: Yeah, you're still up two to one.
2: I hope you have more than seven questions. Do you plan on us getting some wrong? I got
0: one extra. I hope that's enough. Alright, this one you guys will get. Number five, the band the Eagles were formed in nineteen seventy one. Who were their two lead singers?
2: Uh, Eric, Don Fry, or Glen Fry, Don Henley.
1: Yes. Boom. Yeah, I want a have in that. No, I don't really listen to the Eagles. Not an Eagles guy. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm like the dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been a long day, yeah. and I hate the fucking Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Just some guy from like West Africa. He like gets driving kicked out.
2: <laughs> you don't like my music. Get out of my camp.
0: (laughs) number six three to one Barthol you need it here who scored the Minnesota Wilds first goal at the XL Energy Center A. Marion Gabrick B. Wes Walls, C. Lubomir Sakarash, C.
2: Lubomir Eric C. Lubomir eh. (laughs) Sakarash,
0: or D. Darby Hendrickson it was Darby wasn't it yes it was D for Darby Darby got the first home goal because he was a hometown kid. Yeah. All right, fuckface.
2: So I know what you do on your questions Uh, now. It's always D. So next time you ask a multiple (laughs) choice, I'm going to say Eric D. I don't care what the name is. What am I talking about? It's always D. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. I got a C and an A before that. All right, where are we at? Three to two. It's a ball game. Okay, number seven. Which two Leonard Skinner songs were featured in the film Forrest Gump?
2: Eric,
1: is it multiple choice? Not multiple choice.
2: Eric's Tuesday's Gone in Sweet Home, Alabama.
1: No, it's not. Eh. So For the steal So and to I, tie it's Freebird it. is It's free in it when Jenny's like all. Oh, and she's geeked out on whatever, and she's yep. thinking about jumping off the jumping balcony. Jumping off. Yep. Okay. Um. Then the other one. I don't know what the other one is, but I'm just going to guess Sweet Home Alabama. Boom. Yeah, you I knew got it was Sweet a Dude, it's a three to tie three. ball Here game. We go.
0: It's a tie ball game. I'm glad I wrote one more question. All right. I should have known that.
2: That's on me.
0: Last one. You boys better get this, otherwise I got nothing after it. Uh, which twin? Which Minnesota twin won the American League Rookie of the Year Award in 1995? Eric
2: Ox at Marty Cordova.
0: Boom. Marty Cordova. Yeah. What a 19, battle. 19, what a 95. battle we
1: had Five. It was like the 94 Stanley Cup when the Vancouver Canucks came back down 3-1 and tied at 3-3. And then Messier just. Mark Messier? Martin Messierier. Martin Messier. Hang on. I, I want to do one
2: game with you guys. All right. Actually, we can do it next time. Barthol, will you be on again? Yeah,
1: sure. This is a lot so, of fun. All right, man. Appreciate you being yeah, on. Yeah, thanks for time. having me. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, dude. Thanks. Good right, time. take it easy.
0: Woomp. It is. Hey, there it is. Chris Barthol. Thanks for joining, man. Appreciate it. Fun times. And as promised, we're going to come through. We got broken hearted string band with tip ups and whiskey hiccups to take us home.
3: November when the leaves are almost gone and we've said goodbye to all the singing loons. I grab my tackle box, the one that Dad bought in relax, and pull it for the Buckshot Rattles spoons. Now it's December, very bitter in the air, but the lakes, they are turning into glass. Pack up the rods, but you gotta be real careful, cause they only make them out of fiberglass. Finally, time to say goodbye to fall. This winter, I'll mount trophies on my wall. Replace my thin earrings with some yellow and red boom jigs. Say, up north, we got seven, eight inches of ice. Got the tip ups Whiskey hiccups while I'm taking the night away. If it were up to me, I'd raise the slot to eleven while I. is away Scoop out the hole before I rig my favorite pole and wet the knife I'm gonna use to fillet Before I even know the bobber's buried down below I sent the longest hog has to wait Another man a last front line and the snaps the snap the jacksuit you confirm in my face I'll never mount a trophy on my wall Then I'll drown in pure grain alcohol. Replace my Lindy rigs with some yellow and red moon jigs. Say up north we got seven, eight inches of eyes. Got the tip ups, the whiskey hiccups while I'm jigging the night away. Up to
0: me I raise the slide to eleven one Blurn trying on achieve on oh, babe.